What would your response to be me to be if I asked you, got faith? Hmm. Got faith? Oh, I hear a few responses. Got faith? Oh, a little hesitancy over there. Do you think you have enough? Do you have enough? You've got it, right? What's the level? Low, medium, high? Got enough? Well, I'm going to assume you have, let's give you the benefit of the doubt, at least halfway, right? Half tank? Okay. Have you tapped into it lately? You've got faith. I'm going to give you credit that you've got at least half a tank or maybe more. Have you tapped into it lately? Well, I don't see many heads nodding. About time you did, right? You tap into faith every moment of the day. You and I might be surprised how much faith we have within us. The woman who suffered hemorrhages for 12 years was probably very surprised. You know, she was convinced that Jesus could cure her. I don't think she would have done what she did if she wasn't convinced that he could do it. But I don't imagine she thought that she had much to do with it. Perhaps she only thought of herself as the one desperate for help. You know, it's rather obvious that many people who came to Jesus seeking his help did so out of need for themselves or for a loved one, like the official at the beginning of the story. His daughter is dying. He thought she was dead. So he came seeking Jesus' help. Obviously, he had faith for his daughter. So he was driven, like the woman, by a pressing need. And I would say, after 12 years of suffering and being treated rather unjustly, they probably took advantage of her. A lot of charlatans or faith healers and so-called doctors promising her a cure, and she spent all she had, and she still suffered. So she and the official probably didn't consider themselves to be having much a part of it. But Jesus as he always does, saw other factors at work. He recognized their faith. More than that, he made it clear that their faith was much stronger than the people ever thought. Think about that. Today's reading is from the ninth chapter of the gospel according to St. Mark the Evangelist. And Mark spells it out quite clearly, this dynamic of faith. It's an interesting set of stories, very brief. It's only a few verses long. If you read the same episode in Mark or Luke, it's going to be more than double. And scripture scholars like to refer to this particular reading as a sandwich reading. In that one story, the woman with the hemorrhage, is enveloped or sandwiched by another one. Now, of course, 
The first thing you do when you get here is register and come to Mass, and it's here a little bit after 6, and you're probably hungry, so I shouldn't say too much about a sandwich, right? I don't want to distract you too much. Okay, focus on the faith. But that's what it's called. But it's interesting because Jesus never missed an opportunity to do good. You see, the first one to call on him is the father, the official. And, and Mark, he's referred to as a synagogue official. He's the first one. And that's enough to keep Jesus busy. He's got to walk to his house. But along the way, he does yet another good deed. That presented itself in the, along the way, totally unexpected and un, unannounced. So Jesus never misses an opportunity to do good. And faith plays a major part in the lives of the many people who came to Jesus. Even if they didn't realize or understand it, faith brought many people to Jesus. This is an important theme in the ministry of Christ. Again, he's the one who recognizes what the person in need actually has within her or him to complete the holy equation, if you will. In fact, when you compare this version found in Matthew, as I mentioned, You'll notice that it's much shorter than Mark's version or Luke's version of the same moment. And each has its distinct flavor. However, they all three coincide with the words of Jesus verbatim when he says, Daughter, your faith has saved you. It's that important. Repeat, it's that important. Faith. You know, after the word love, faith is one of those un, un misunderstood and abused or overused words in the vocabulary of many Christians and of many people who have never set foot inside a church. They use it. I mean, even when I was in New Orleans, I'm a Saints fan, and they would have these New Orleans Saints shirts, and one said believe with the fleur-de-lis symbol for the team, and the other said faith. And I thought to myself, what belief are they talking about, and what faith? It's nothing to do with football. Yeah, we can watch it and be entertained, but this is something more. It's that important. Just before this moment, at the beginning of chapter 9, this is more towards the end, the people bring to Jesus a paralytic lying on a stretcher. Matthew recounts, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Courage, child, your sins are forgiven. Then a few words later, he says to the same man, Rise, pick up your stretcher, and go home. Again, what does Jesus recognize? Well, first, he recognizes a loved one, the woman he calls daughter. And she was a stranger to him before that moment, apparently speaking. But no one ever is a stranger to Christ, even if they think 
They haven't met him before. He knows us. He knows our faith. And so he says to the paralytic, just a few verses before today's reading, courage, child, a term of endearment, indicating, like the word daughter, relationship that already existed, even if that paralytic or the woman with the heritage was clueless because they had never met him. Hold on to that. Before we get down on our knees to pray for a certain special intention or need, whatever the case may be, Jesus already knows. Why? Because we are his sons and daughters. There is already an existing relationship. It was for her now some 2,000 some years ago and for the paralytic as well. Faith, it's that important You know, years ago, before he died, my dear father told me that for many years, when he was a young dad, as he worked hard through difficult circumstances to support our family, me and my five siblings and mother, when he'd be struggling, he thought life had to do with luck. Some got it, some get rich, some have it all, some don't. Or as he put it, fate F-A-T-E. But my dad told me that when he began to recognize how good God had been with him and how God is so good to us, and when he started to be grateful for such goodness, my dad realized that life has nothing to do with fate, but with faith. Faith drives a woman through a crowd, even though she had been suffering for 12 years and due to her bleeding condition was considered ritually impured by the Jewish people. She was not supposed to be in a crowd. Faith leads people to carry their loved one who was paralyzed on a stretcher to seek out the one Jesus they trusted could help him. As I mentioned, Jesus is much more aware of the faith in each person, including you and me, than we will ever be. No surprise. He knows we have it, for he has planted it in our hearts. And that's what this reading, like many others, is a reminder to tap in to the gift he has given you called faith and to not doubt that it is there. When you think about it, many things in your life, many experiences, many insights, and the experiences of others will remind you that God has much more confidence in you and me than we do in ourselves. He knows what we are capable of. He also knows sometimes what we are afraid to do. And he calls us to have courageous love, to not let fear hold us back. Faith. I like to refer to it as trust. It's a better way to put it. It does encompass belief, but it's not purely intellectual because the heart and the soul are fully engaged. Faith makes great things happen 
because it bridges the gap between Christ and us and between us and our neighbor. As God's gift to us, faith is built on and expresses a relationship that he has already forged with each and every one of us. Faith brought out the best in that woman who had suffered so many years. Faith brought out the best in that official who was desperate for someone to save the life of his dying daughter. Faith is what can bring out the breast in you and me. May the faith that God has planted in our hearts do just that. Awaken the goodness that might be asleep within me or within you so that we might be willing and always ready not only to recognize courageous love, but to live it.